You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 69 and today I am speaking with Scott Rogerson from Up Content. Scott, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you, James. Excited to be with you. Yeah, this is, um, this is really cool. I just love some of the stories about how I meet uh, guests that come mm-hmm. on this, this show. And um, I'm not going to lie, when we met, I was pretty drunk. Uh, at, at weren't we inbound. all? Weren't we all? Right. That was the point. We were, li- <laughs> we were literally in a bar uh, in Boston uh, at HubSpot's Inbounds conference, uh, maybe like a month and a bit ago. And um, you guys had a little booth, I guess, in the bar, which was yeah. interesting. I've never seen that before. Uh, that was really cool. People love when you buy them drinks. That's how we have conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I saw what you guys did, and I thought it would be. Uh, interesting to talk about on the podcast as a potential service for agencies. So, so let's start with a little bit about who you are and what Up Content is and uh, what you guys do. Yeah, great. Well, thanks, James. So, Up Content focuses on the aspect of your content marketing strategy for marketing or sales around content curation. And so, we are a B two B SaaS technology that helps marketing, sales, and HR teams actually discover analyze, and then distribute the articles that are relevant that their customers or their audience members want to read, uh, all within one platform that then connects to the tools that you're already using for distribution, rather than the current, often very manual, ad hoc, you know, labor-intensive flows that we've all committed ourselves to, to scouring the web to find the articles that we want to be sharing or leveraging in our own original content efforts. Yeah. So like for me, like I understand why curation is awesome, right? Like I have been doing a weekly newsletter. Well, lately it's kind of faded a little bit um, because I've been a bit busy, but uh, it's a curated, curated weekly newsletter uh, that web basically for web designers and agencies. Right. And so I've always understood the value of just sharing good content, but for people who are not, I guess, who aren't familiar with it and aren't sold on it yet, yeah. Uh, can you uh, talk a little bit about what it is for one and yeah. why you think it's so important? Yeah, absolutely. I think when, when you talk to any individual, one of the things that they will immediately bring up when you're talking about content marketing or sharing information with someone is just how noisy the world has become and how much information is now out there so that when I'm trying to make a purchasing decision, either as a consumer or as a representative of my organization, the first thing I'm immediately going to do is, is research, right? And it's also something that everyone would raise their hand and say that they are lazy. And if you're not, you're a liar. You are lazy. If there's an easy way to do something, that's going to be your preferred option. So I want to do a lot of research to make the best decision possible, but yet I'm also lazy. And what we had done as marketers over the last 10 years since content marketing has become something of value in our strategies is immediately result, resort to writing as much as we possibly can about what we're thinking about things. Yeah. And what that has done is just created more and more 
noise. And so the value of curating content has evolved immensely over, let's say, maybe the last five years from being this, oh, crap, I need something to post next Tuesday as part of my social media calendar. So let me just go and find something to fill that slot to now being much more of if I want you, James, to trust me and understand where I'm coming from so that you're actually going to dedicate the time to read my own original content, you're far more skeptical than you were six years ago about reading what I have to say about SEO, right? And so in order for you to trust me, you're going to go and look and see who I affiliate myself with. And what that turns out to be is where I'm going to find my information, the more that I can be transparent about that with you and make it so you don't have to go and hunt for that information yourself. The more you're going to trust me as a resource, the more you're going to come back to me for information, and the more I'm going to stay at the top of your mind when you have a challenge. So for organizations where trust and relationships are very important in finding new customers and keeping your current customers, curation has grown from this tactic that we give to the intern to a very strategic and fundamental part of successful marketing and sales, and now more than ever, HR strategies for keeping and finding new talent. Man, you have worded this so much better than I ever could. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's your <laughs> I've done job. It before. I've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must have. Uh, because, I mean, I have recognized the value in curation, like I said, with my newsletter, and you are so right in that there is so much noise out there. And that's basically why I started the newsletter. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned something that you give to the intern because uh, I feel like that's what a lot of other newsletters do yeah. where I see this curated content that is just not that relevant for the target yep. audience. It's like yep. they've just picked some random stuff and punched it out in a newsletter. And that's kind of what I prided myself on w- with the um, prided. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. I like um, it. I'm going to let's go with it. I don't, yeah, I don't English very well. <laughs> but I'm from Australia. We forgot how to use it. Um, but um, right. we stole it too over here in the States. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I really emphasize finding stuff that's really, really helpful, you know, like that's, yeah. and it's the same with um, guests come on this podcast. You know, I, right. I try to invite people on that I think are going to be genuinely helpful. Um, and I think that that helps you stand out. Um, and so that's, I guess, been the entire basis of my newsletter is to try and stand out from the noise and it's gotten some uh, great feedback. So um, this kind of leads me to, before we get into like, well, actually, no, it kind of is like marketing channels and industries is what I, where I wanted to go yeah. next. But, yeah. um, you know, I imagine there's a lot of other ways to curate content than just yeah. a newsletter like I'm doing it. So let's, what are some ways to curate? Right. Yeah, and I think uh, that's really important. And one of the things that you mentioned, James, that I don't want to, f- to forget is the conversation that you were talking about as it relates to true curation versus just aggregating a bunch of information, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what we often do is we fall into this, look at me, I'm curating because I have my Google alert that's giving me a bunch of articles about content marketing, and I'm just going to pick the top three from Content Marketing Institute and HubSpot and Hootsuite <laughs> because everybody likes those and I can't get fired for you know grabbing those articles, obviously. So I'm just <laughs> going to give those out. And that's really an aggregation. We all know those brands or those individuals and we've all seen them where, man, there's someone that comes to mind for me that all they're putting out there every time entrepreneur.com writes an article, 
I can, it's like clockwork. It immediately gets shared on their LinkedIn profile. Which is kind of ridiculous given that like a lot of those articles are just so generic. They're not even that helpful. Yeah. Even that, right. And honestly, this unnamed person, if I wanted to Mm -hmm. read that article, I would just go to entrepreneur.com. You're providing me no value other than letting me know that entrepreneur.com still exists, which, you know, I can figure out myself. And so I think when you mentioned the podcast, it's a great example of curation in a, I think, a way that people can understand, right? You're not talking to a duplicate of yourself in each one of these shows and just kind of parroting your own thoughts. You're actually mm-hmm. going out and truly curating different people with different perspectives who are bringing those perspectives to your audience through you as that channel and that kind of interviewer plus context provider of how this fits into their daily lives. And they trust you because of that and through that are more likely to trust others that are on the show. And that's really where curation comes from. We talk about it a lot like a museum exhibit, right? I should be able to, to your point, James, on channels, I should be able to read your newsletter and see the articles that you've put together without having to read through you know, paragraphs of why you've shared this and just get you a little bit more than I did last week because of the articles you chose. It tells me something about you. If I walk up to a museum exhibit, it gives me an idea about that era, about that animal, whatever that is, without having to go and read the plaque. Certainly, I can go once I'm engaged and read the plaque and learn more and get the detail. But if I just walk past that exhibit, I should get some essence of what's happening there. That's Mm. really where curation is strategic. And because of that, the channels in which those articles are delivered takes on very similar or should take on a very similar thought process to when we think about creating our own article and then not saying I'm creating this blog for my Facebook page, right? Like that's no longer the optimum strategy. The blog is your asset. That white paper is your asset and you're using those channels to distribute that asset to make sure you're reaching the right people when they want to be reached with what they want to be reached with. We believe at UpContent that the curated articles, your process of putting those articles together should have a very similar stature as your original content. Not the individual articles that you found because they're not yours, but the bundling or the bringing together of those articles can be very successful, certainly in an email newsletter. Uh, we've seen a lot of success from our customers doing that you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly digest And we've seen actual success in the more frequently you're sending that out, the more success you're getting and the lower your unsubscribe rates are because there's an expectation of value then coming from those customers. We've also seen a lot of value in bringing those articles to your website. Many of our customers have either put under their original content or created a separate section of their homepage or their interior pages. That's this kind of what we're reading right now. And it's more authentic, which sounds strange to say, even though the article is not yours, but to give me an idea of what's James reading right now, that tells me more about you than if you would actually sit down and write it. Because I know you're going to wordsmith it and make it look pretty and you know put your flair to it. I just want to know what you're reading this week. And it's much less confrontational, if that makes sense, to just share, yeah. you know, share with me the articles. I'm more likely to click on those when I'm visiting your website for the first time than read your detailed white paper. Uh, because I don't know you yet, but if I see some articles that are interesting to me, oh, I'm going to click on those. That decreases your bounce rate, increases your engagement on that site, 
and by adding new articles on there, if you do it in the right way technically, meaning not iframing them onto the site, you're actually mm. updating the code on the site and increasing your index rate as well. So email's been a big channel. The website has been a very popular channel. Social is kind of the grandmother of sharing third-party <laughs> articles. So that's still a very popular channel. Um, what we see happening very often there on social, however, because those are you know, unowned, you're kind of renting those profiles from the network, is that you're including some sort of either call-to-action overlay. There are a number of tools out there. Uh, we partner with one called Snipply that will kind of give that prompt to what I should do next if I like this article from you. So I should come back to your site or sign up for your email newsletter. Yeah, so just just for people listening, um, like Snipply is one of those tools that overlay a kind of when you visit somebody else's site, um, you can actually leave like a call to action back to your own site. Um, And I know like they they can be a little controversial um, depending on who you talk to. Yes, there's mixed feelings. There's mixed feelings. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, you're also getting eyes on someone else's content, um, you know, as well as having the CTA back to your own site. Like I'm I'm in two minds. Like I don't mind them uh, at all. Um, Some people don't like them though. (laughs) So I guess it depends on your audience. The nice thing with a tool like Snipply is even if you don't like it, you can do a what's called a hidden version of it. Yes. And that just mm-hmm. helps you get a better understanding of, am I sharing stuff that anybody cares about, right? Because the nice thing about having a technology like that enabled is it will tell you how long people are spending on that third-party article. How often mm-hmm. did they bounce off of that third-party article? So it gives you some additional intelligence, Absolutely, even if yes. you don't want to show those calls to action uh, on there. So that's been an important piece. Um, and there's certainly yeah, and- to employ advocacy programs, which everyone thinks is, you know, super hot and sexy because your employees mm-hmm. don't want to just hear what you have to say as a brand. Yeah. All the time. And then social um, selling and sales enablement is really important as a channel for this as well. Definitely. Yeah. And something I really like that, like, um, that stood out to me about up content is this actual website marketing channel for curated content, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't often see that. Um, where it's basically links out to other sites from right. your own website. Um, and I, I feel like not many other curation services are doing that, if any. Um, and at first, I was a little bit sort of apprehensive of that because it's yeah. almost like sending people to other websites. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I mean, blog, a lot of blog posts do that anyway, right? Like we have – Correct. Um, and it's, it's almost like a good sources, thing. Oh, well, it is right? – the good thing, like SEO is intentionally include outbound links to great right. articles from their blog posts. Um, so when I sort of reframed it like that, I was like, oh, yeah, well, of course it makes sense. And then I guess you've also got the option of using Snipply to get that call to action to bring them back to your site. And yeah, yeah. I, like I, at first I was apprehensive and then I realized it's actually good, but I'd like to hear... I guess yeah. your thoughts on that. And we hear that all the time, James, as you'd expect. Yeah. This whole idea yeah. of... of- using curated content in this more strategic way, I think is still, you know, not that no one is doing it, but I think it's still not necessarily common practice, right? It's still somewhat in its infancy. Certain organizations are doing it. More of the professional services organizations have grasped it sooner, I think, than maybe others. Um, Mm -hmm. But you bring up a great point around why would I put that article link on my site? Isn't it, you know, I did all this work to get someone to come to my webpage and now I'm just going to give them an option to leave. And it's one of those, you know, and I never ask it this way, but because we're friends, I'm going to say it this way, right? It's kind of the, 
do you really believe that if you wouldn't have put that link on there, 100% of your visitors are going to do exactly what you want them to do? Like, absolutely not, right? There's a, <laughs> there's a ton of resources and research out there saying that I think the last number was something like 76% of your site visitors will not convert no matter what you're offering, what you're giving away, what you're asking them to do. They are just not in a mental state where they're ready to give you jack. And sure. just because, you know, you're giving them a resource now. So think about the curation activity as a way to address that 76%. You're not, if somebody's coming and they're ready to learn more about you and they want to engage with you, you showing a, a few article links is not going to deter them from learning more about you. But whom you're trying to target with your curation strategy is what we like to think of the two barbells. It's the people who don't know anything about you and have typed in you know, digital marketing services and have a short list of people they're supposed to visit that they've been referred to. And they're just there to learn more about their research process, who the heck you are. In those cases, the curated articles can actually outperform your original content because they're not ready for your original content yet. Then the yeah, other area awesome. where the curation is really helpful are for the people who have already bought from you and they're not going to convert because they've already converted. And they're coming back to you as a resource to be that person who's keeping them informed, like you were talking about, cutting through the noise uh, of everything that's out there, giving them some great stuff to read day to day, week to week. They're not yet, you know, they're not going to read your blog post the eighth time. They're wanting to see what else you've got. And this is a great way to give them that as well. So you're really addressing those two areas of your current flywheel. Since we're, we met at inbound, I'm going to say flywheel now and not funnel. <laughs> uh, of getting those current advocates to be able to get articles that they need, and then they can share those with their, their friends as well and refer traffic back to you. And those people early on who are still strangers to you, that you're trying to help them make the best decision, which obviously is working with you. Yeah, that's great. So as an agency, uh, we can obviously do this on our own site uh, yes. to increase trust with visitors. We can send a news, like I've, I'm always an advocate um, that agencies start up a weekly newsletter uh, yep. around like whether it's digital marketing or, or you know, UX practices, whatever it is that happens to be of interest to um, your audience, whatever your niche or niche is. Right. Um, so, however... I can imagine that this kind of thing could be packaged up as a service for agency clients as well, whether that's as a yes. value add to existing uh, like plans or even as an entirely new service. So how have you right. seen agencies successfully package curation as a service for clients to yes, whether it's, it's like a, to make more money? It's a really great question. And the agency channel for us is extremely important because agencies are better qualifiers. They're better at execution. And they're better at seeing the forest through the trees in most cases than the individual mm. end customer is. And so where we often see up content brought in is let's say, again, we met at, at HubSpot, you've already recommended or you're a HubSpot user for a client and you've made a great investment on building out all of these pipes, right? Their email pipes and their website pipes and their social media pipes. And we're seeing all of the studies and, and new focus on topic-driven sites versus just having a chronological blog and trying to fill out these content hubs with great articles that are really meaty and then continuing to drive traffic to those topics. One of the areas that curation can be very helpful in kind of bringing up content into the fold, as you said, James, either just 
bundled in as part of your retainer cost because you're helping to power all of that or being using it as a recommended additional solution. We've seen agencies go both directions, right? Of being fully transparent and end client is paying for each one of their software subscriptions and then they're overlaying service costs to manage that for them or they're just bundling that all in part of the retainer and you know we have this big black box of magic that we're selling to you <laughs> we're going to make it all work uh, but in any of those cases it's that whole idea of instead of writing two posts a week which was kind of the you know those quantity driven uh, yeah service orders that we've all seen in the past to more of the, we are going to create solid content pieces around these pillar areas that your brand is uniquely fit to talk about. And then to ensure that those content pieces aren't all dressed up with nowhere to go, we're going to use curated content to continue to drive traffic to them, either directly through a tool like Snipply or by just continuing to entice through our curated newsletter that then has our original content at the bottom of it or through social media, or through our email channel, I mean, or our website channel, to make sure that when I come to that page, even if I, that original pillar piece was written six months ago, the articles surrounding it are fresh and relevant and unique. And one of the areas of why we love working with agencies is because when you're using a technology like an up content, you can spend more time evaluating the articles and less time doing all those Google searches. And there's no copying and pasting, which when I was running an agency mm -hmm. was like the worst thing when you found out how much time people were spending copying and pasting URLs from place to place or text from uh -huh. place to place. <laughs> and so, you know, we love working with agencies because of that. And, you know, you'll see in the tool, there's an agency streak to it of, you know, multi-client management, independent or joint billing multiple teams. We don't have any user limitations on any of our subscriptions. So we want, you know, as many people to utilize that as are helpful in that curation activity. Because you and I both know if I limit users, what's going to happen is all we're going to do is just share our username and password and then get a lesser experience in the actual activity. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And I mean we have the same kind of thing in our software. Yes. Uh, as exactly. Well. Um, yeah. So I understand that for sure. So I think Look, we've pretty much covered uh, like why curation is important, how it can be used as a service. I'm I'm interested to hear a little bit more about up content, like how it technically works, because there are a lot yep. of sort of technical listeners to this show, and I imagine there's some sort of iframe related stuff, or not or whatever, or something. Um, yeah. Maybe not iframe because you said not iframe, <laughs> but like, how does it work? To yeah. to like, do you have a email newsletter publishing platform built in? Like what 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 is included in up content? I love, I love that question uh, because you articulated very much what kind of other competitive technologies are offering, uh, which is really the opposite of what, what up content's offering. So we like to think of ourselves as your air traffic controller, if you will, for curated content. We do have our own crawler um, that is finding articles worldwide, currently only in English. Uh, so hopefully that still addresses the needs of, of most of your subscribers and audience. Mm -hmm. But we are looking worldwide. You are able to put in um, very detailed topic criteria, either through a very simple, what we call guided question and answer builder, or by going in and or a Boolean wizard, just typing all that stuff in of what you're looking for. And you can actually stack those queries to create Venn diagrams of the types of articles you're interested in. 
we call those topics and we update those custom topics for each of our customers twice a day. On average, we are presenting about a million and a half articles each month to our customers. Um, nice. As we find articles, we're using machine learning to classify those articles based upon how editorialized are they versus being more journalistic, fact-based reporting. How interesting are they to read, not based upon popularity, but on word choice? And how influential are they being based upon a page rank type process being done only for articles that also match that criteria? So I don't care if Kim Kardashian is, is linking to this article because it has you know some other mm -hmm. word in there that is related to what she wants to promote. Uh, I only care if it's being linked to by other articles that are also matching your topic criteria. And we show that to you as well. Uh, it's a very similar dashboard layout to what I'm sure you've seen many times, James, and, and your audience probably has yep. as well of kind of the article cards. It's available on mobile where a lot of our customers are doing their curation. It's kind of that five minutes before a call starts, I'm on the bus or the train and I'm going to review the articles now. Hmm. I can leave yep. comments for my team in there. And then the articles that I have believed to be worth, worthy of being shared with my audience, there's a little plus button. And you can do that for as many as you want at a time. And then you add them to what we call a collection. And collections are your building blocks. So for our company, for our marketing, we have a collection that's tied into our email newsletter. And we are partners with MailChimp and HubSpot, but we also have an RSS feed for every collection. So if you're using other nice. tools like AWeber or ActiveCampaign or whatever, you can I want to get review articles. and and it works with RSS as well. Yeah, perfect. So that, that would be perfect. Yeah. And when you add the article into that collection, which puts it into that feed, you now have the option to update the summary text of the article to kind of put your own perspective on it or just change what you think the key points are. So when it goes into that email, it's going to have your perspective without having to log into the email tool to do that. And you can update the image that goes into that tool as well. Um, either from one on your desktop, if you have a stock image license, you can obviously license and then upload, or we're also partners with Shutterstock and you can license an image and edit it from right within our tool. Um, other collections are used for sections of your website, as we were talk talking about for those hub content yep. strategies, uh, mm -hmm. similar abilities to edit. The installation on the website is a no-code process. Uh, you are given... This is the only time I'm going to say copy and paste. You are given the code <laughs> set at the end where you can paste that in. It is not iframe uh, because we want to make sure that the crawlers know what's there and that those yeah. engagements are part of your domain and not clicking through that clear window into somebody else's site for that engagement to occur. So it is JavaScript, CSS, and HTML. Um, again, it is nice. very easy to install it, but that also allows you to really create it however you'd like. For those super technical people in your audience, we do have an API as well. And we've had some customers who have done some really cool stuff on their sites using the API, stuff that I like never would have thought of, which is really neat. <laughs> um, collections also can tie into your Slack channel or Microsoft Teams. So we have customers using it just for internal thought leadership, sharing articles there. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. And then also social media. So HubSpot, we're embedded in Hootsuite. Buffer is a connection. There's a tool called Lately that we work with. And then there's the RSS feed component there. Um, finally, the other main application we've seen for larger organizations or organizations with a lot of people coming into their office location are the digital signage 
installations at their company location. So those screens behind reception or in the lunchroom or down the hall, having those curated articles appear there as well. And then tying into employee advocacy technologies like a Hootsuite Amplify, for example, to make sure that you're hitting that two-thirds curated, uh, one-third original content minimum blend and making sure that you're at that level of consistency that's recommended to make sure you're keeping your employees engaged. So all of that can be managed that's from awesome. the phone. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. That is like I'm glad we covered that um, because there's obviously so much more to to our content that uh, can be done than I was originally thinking. So, um, where can people go to find out more and and sort of sign up? Is there yeah. a trial or something like that? There is. So, there's a 14 day trial of any of our plans. Uh, customer success is really important to us. Not that anyone would come on here and say customer success is not important to us, but <laughs> it is truly very important to us. So uh, we certainly will be reaching out to you if you start a free trial. Please reach out to us. We're happy to help you onboard. Topic creation is a bit of an art and a science. And so not only will we help you onboard, but we also proactively monitor those. So if you create a topic and you're not getting the results you want, please connect with us or you probably will get an email from us giving you some recommendations on how to get started. There is also an opportunity to uh, pick a time that works best for you and set up a quick 30-minute demo just to see what, what we can do. Make sure that that next step of a trial is worth your time uh, before you dive in. Awesome. Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a great chat. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you. I really enjoyed it, James, and uh, excited to get the thoughts of, of those who you share with. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Agency Highway. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Spotify or whatever you use to listen to podcasts and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Uh, that's it. And I will see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.